Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How is long? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what, what, what seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the, in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate for wiener. Delicious, Lavernius. Shit face. I'm shaking like a dog. Shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Hey, just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. It's the Barbecue Central Show, your live fire fun and frivolity show. Doing live fire things here. I was getting a lot of emails saying, hey, love the Bad Jew t-shirt. I'll show you the back again. Because remember, Cleveland. I have no idea if that's showing properly or not. I'm going to give it my best modeling shot. Also, as we run back to the first hour and do a quick recap, if you're on Instagram and you would uh, feel like doing me a solid for Rebecca King, and you can uh, follow Tony Romas at Tony Romas and then shoot them an instant message or uh, just tag them in a post and say, hey, Give up your pork strami trademark to the bad Jew because she's really the one doing pork strami. Damn it. And a Clevelander. People that move to L.A. have a tendency to want to not talk about that, but not her. She's like, yeah, man, I'm from Orange, blah, blah, blah. She's actually going to be featured next segment in one of the best of bites. So stay tuned for that. As I mentioned just a few seconds ago, still to come on this show, the embedded correspondence segment where we will do the best bits of 2020, best sound bites, best takes, best rants, blah, blah, blah. We'll be keeping score, and then somehow we will try and figure out what in the hell is the best of the best of those. Well, now we have an answer. If you were wondering if Derek Riches is going to be taking the vaccine, yes, I will take the vaccine. That's what he wrote. Yes, I will take the vaccine. All right. But what about the big reset? Is it is that what it's called? The big reset? The mega reset. The worldwide reset. All of that stuff. <laughs> All of it. Don't forget, you can follow me socially. On Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and Snappy Snaps slash BBQ Central Show on the Facebooks and Twitch slash RD Rempe at YouTube. If you want to watch uh, stuff instead of listen to it. Don't forget, there is a live audio feed right there on the homepage. It says live and outside of normal live show hours. That runs the entire year's show in rotation 
uh, starting all the way back in January, and it runs and it runs 24 hours a day. Every once in a while, the internet gets dropped, and you know some BS like that. But most of the time, I'm here to tell you that you can get uh, past shows from this year right from the live audio feed. If you're in the car, you have a lot of windshield time, or if you're just looking for uh, you know a live way to catch up with the show, that's the best way to do it. Coming up uh, this Friday on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less, may I introduce you to episode 156. Yes, of course I can. Taking you back to December 17th of 2013. And Rod Gray makes an appearance on this show. He was a guest back then. We covered a few different topics. And after a few minutes of kissing our respective asses in a mutual way, we ended up covering some competition talk items. Uh, There are items that he talks about back in 2014 that ring true in 2020. How much of what he talks about in 2014 rings true six years later? I'm interested to find out. You have to be subscribed to the show, the podcast the feed, in order to get the best of show on two, on Fridays. That's released early in the morning, so when you're on your way to work, by the way, special Christmas gift to you, a best of show. Yes! We don't take days off here on this show. It's every goddamn day. We work full-time jobs here on this show, and then we work full-time jobs outside of this show. 80 hours a week plus 10 times 30. That's how many hours we're putting in. It's a lot. Also, let me remind you that if there's a segment of the show that you have a special affinity for, that you thought was great, and you want to hear it in a best of, email John, J-O-N, at thebbqcentralshow.com, and tell him all about it, and he'll try and accommodate what he can for you. Here's another email from Jeffrey Stone of Grandpa's Pride Barbecue. Super fan, Jeffrey, by the way. I think I saw him in the chat room a little earlier dear greg is if this year wasn't already a kick in the nuts my local mcdonald's has a sign that reads take that 2020 the mcrib is back how bad does a year have to be that the mcrib is your best option at fighting back keep up the great work jeffrey stone of grandpa's pride barbecue by the way uh, pod sh- uh, podcast and live show host celebrity Terry Heil has stopped by. Terry, greetings, and we wish you happy Happy New Year, Merry Christmas to everybody there and the Heil family. How about those Browns, Terry? I was way off base. I said five or less and cost me a brisket from Andy Staples, college football expert for the Athletic that we just talked about last week. You should go check that segment out if you missed it. Last week, Andy Staples was on the show, and he talked about how he was able to cop a brisket from my non-support of the Browns winning more than five games this year. But he took the bet. So Merry Christmas to you, Terry, and the fam. Please pass along. If you see neighbor Desmond, barbecue celebrity, please wish him my well wishes as well. Not that you're my messenger. I'm just asking if you you see him. Don't do anything out of your way. Now, Uh, For those who truly can't believe and they can't live 
without the McRib, as Jeffrey Stone had mentioned, I'm here to tell I have the fix for you. It might seem a little drastic, but if the only thing at this point since December 2nd that matters in your life is the McRib, and you can't possibly fathom what life is going to be like when this bitch gets pulled back off the shelf, and you know it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. They do it every year. It's like you don't see it coming, and then the McRib rug is ripped right from your tootsies, and you wind up on your ass neck. It's going to happen. Just like we're all going to die, the McRib is getting pulled out this year. However, if you can't possibly fathom your life without it, I'm offering you a solution. You are going to have to pack your bags. You are going to have to buy a plane ticket. And you are going to have to go to Germany. Das und haben. Darf ich mit McRib haben? Yes. Yeah. Because, friends, Germany is the only place in the wide freaking world that gives you McRib all year around. Yes. Please give it to me all year around. Can I have that? Is that possible? Oh, my God. I just took my fat sound effect out. What am I going to do now? Good night. Hold on. It's right here. It's probably way too loud, though. Yes. Please. Can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? Can I have it? Yes, you can. Year-round. Right there in good old Germany. So pack your bags, bitch, and get out and go to McRibland in Germany. You can eat it all day long, twice on Sunday, and your friend... Whatever a German name is that I can't think of, Hans and Franz, your new best friends in Germany, can all pal up together. Go over to the Golden Arches in Germany and get McRib tomorrow and the next day and the next day and all this year. Yes, you can. By the way, watch cam. Yes. Rolex 1168. No. Folex 1168. Yes. What's the difference? This watch keeps incredibly crappy time. But it looks good, bitch. It looks great. That's your watch cam. <laughs> Let me just say this. Rusty Monson is coming up next segment. And for the second week in a row, and I'm just not going to be able to get to it anymore because the McRib is kind of played out. But he escapes a rant of seismic and gargantuan proportion that would have been best delivered last week or the week before, but I had better stuff in front of it. And now I'm kicking myself because it's not going to be... It's not... You are not. Right. It's not going to be relevant next week. Rusty, you're welcome. And the embedded correspondents are in the green room. So we're going to get to them here in just a sec. But I'll talk to you quickly about Pits and Spits. Because since 1983, they've been handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas. Established itself as the premier brand in high-quality offset smokers and more recently pellet cookers. 
Pits and Spits sets itself apart by using heavy 7 and 10 gauge steel in every cooker. Fully welded construction that you can feel when you use the unit. 304 stainless roll top lids and front shelves on every single smoker. Why does it matter? Well, by using higher quality materials, Pits and Spits smokers reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. And providing a fully welded smoker, you don't have to worry about grease or smoke leaking out of the barrel. Or you don't have to worry about that grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard. You know you're going to do that. 304 stainless. It's an heirloom quality piece of equipment you can pass down to the kiddos. Now, where some companies are focusing on low-cost providership, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship and quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to make these? Yeah. Are they going to do that? No. No tack welds. No cheap stainless. They don't want any part of that. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of the design and standards. That's not something you find in the other products. Their steel suppliers supply material to be used in some of the harshest environments, so you know they're going to perform in any and all conditions. And the controllers are made right here in the States. They have unimpeded transparency into the programming. Come on. Pits and Spits has a dealer network across the country, but if there isn't one close to you, and there probably isn't, feel free to give them a call. Call Coy at the shop and tell them I told you. 844 650 6250-844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master or a competition team, Pits and Spits has a product for you. You can check them out and all of their products online, pitsandspits.com, all spelled out, or see their Pits in the Wild across social media at their handle, Pits and Spits. Again, all spelled out. Embedded Correspondence 2020 Best of Contest. Coming up next, I'm real excited. Are you? You're damn right you are. Stand by. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Monthly visits from a killer hog, a cooking guy, a man named Meathead, the author of Barbecue Bible, a grill girl, a bristly barbecue journalist, and the male feasance of the barbecue world known as the Embedded Correspondence. Only found right here on the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in two sizes, a host of accessories to complete your pit barrel cooking experience. Whether you're a beginner or a professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com. That's pitbarrelcooker.com. And tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. And I wish a Merry Christmas to Amber and Noah and Easton and Mad Max. Shout out. No cave cow, y'all. No cave cow. Inside joke. All right, it is the Embedded Correspondence segment for uh, 2020 Best Of. So without further ado, we race to the hotline and welcome everybody in. And here we go, gang. So uh, welcome in, guys. And we are closing out the year. Now, I don't recall if everybody uh, knows that not only are we here this week, but for those that are available, uh, we will turn it around in a week's time and go chronological uh, talk review of uh, 2020 as it happens but this is a favorite part of the year perhaps even more fa- more favorite favoriter than the hall of fame ceremonies or when i get like a super mega celebrity guest this is when we can all take a look back and say hey what were some of those funny moments or rants or weird things from a sound clip perspective 
that I forgot about all this time. And now we can start to rehash them because we all made a list of what we thought were pretty cool bits. And I'm very excited to sit here and talk about this. I, I, originally, I was like, are we going to be able to fill this whole segment with this? But then all of a sudden, I'm through like at a nine clips. Uh, Doug has 748 clips. Uh, Rusty submitted zero <laughs> clips, but that's all right. And uh, John Solberg has a couple clips, too. And some of these are overlapping, and we can also talk about. Very excited to uh, to do this. So. Um, is, do I have a volunteer from anybody that wants to start? Uh, you know, what do you think? Anybody want to jump in? Rusty, do you want to start? Start with what I like? Cause I, I had a lot. I, I'm just not technically sound. By the way, Greg, guten tag. Yeah. Guten tag. Yeah. Just McRib. However you say McRib in German. I don't, um, I don't I had say a lot McRib in German. Rusty, I don't say that. Heilige Scheiße. <laughs> Yeah, is that what it is in German? Yeah, darf ich schon mit Griff haben? Yeah. I had a lot. I have a lot of things. I'm just not technically sound. These guys, like you know, they they can pull sound from places. I can't pull sound from places. If I, don't you know mean, to, I don't have that technology. If you mean technically sound and savvy, you mean uh, worked ahead of schedule and not 24 hours before the show airs, right? Is that what you yeah. mean? <laughs> I think. I think that's what I mean. Yeah. Yes. That's, right. that's what I'm getting at. All right. So let's talk about uh, the best of 2020 in Rusty Monson's opinion. What do you think from a show perspective? I think the American Idol is my favorite um, out of them all. And, and for me, I remember a distinct, it was, gosh, it was one of the warmer days. And I'd like to mow my lawn and listen to the podcast. Yeah. And Doug gets on. And he sings Jesse's girl. Yes. And I have to stop mowing the lawn because I'm laughing my ass off. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know if he was like, if I should feel bad for the guy or if he, Never. Like, what he was, he actually didn't do too bad other than that. And, uh, other than singing, was, he didn't weird. do too bad. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, comparatively. Yeah. I mean, that was like watching the Titanic sink, you know, you can do nothing about it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That was hilarious. And that whole segment, all of that was funny. Uh, that whole bit was great. And then for me, it's just like all sorts of different meathead, you know, and, but my favorite is your interaction with your daughters. I always just thought that was the funniest thing of all times. Mm-hmm. The way that they had, they play that, you know, they're teenagers, of course, but oh. they really play that teenager role. And every time you had them on, I thought it was great because the way you interact with them. But mostly just the guests, the caliber of guests you had on. Like I learned a lot this year. I really like that's why I like listening to it, you know, or did, you know, I listen to it still, obviously. But, you know, having Jess Pryles on and then uh, the freaking, you know, going back and talking to people about their origin stories was awesome. And then then we put on our aluminum hats with Robin and to really top that <laughs> off, you know, to really like kick uh, that new uh, year out. Look, I have to interrupt just for a second in that regard or in Robin's vein, like where did I've never received more email on a segment than I did over the course of the week this past week. And it all, it was all Robin related. Uh, that also stemmed through Instagram, but also stemmed through Twitter. However, inter- people were interacting with me, but the amount, I mean, the sheer amount of email, which I, you know, never got that much about any guest ever, even the, the, the top, uh, the elite of the industry, uh, were reacting to what Robin said. So the question is this in a long winded way. We're at the, the end of 2020 so is this something that needs to be held 
and will be reviewed then in 2021 because we're so close to 2020 or or are we going to be like regurgitating this in the next 15 minutes i think it should be regurgitated that yeah. was a kicker man that's not something you just ignore and sleep under the rug that's not something you're just like ah let's forget about that we're one not sandbagging that sale and rolling no. it into the next year or next quarter doug we're what do you slow think playing that hand at all we are gonna throw it out all chips in throw down our aces and we're gonna go what do you think doug that's right Oh, I, I I totally agree. You you the best two questions you had were, you know, uh, or it could not be true, or your the question about the flat earther. That I mean, th- those were great. Those were those were perfect. So does she stay in twenty twenty then because it did transpire in twenty twenty, or does does it move to twenty twenty one because we're so close? Like for a best of scenario. Oh no, it's twenty twenty. It happened right. in twenty twenty, and so yeah, yeah, put it in. John, you agree with that? I got to agree with that because up to this point, there's not been another contender that's going to stay in the news cycle, so to speak, as long as that. There was one earlier. This could knock it out, but it gave some competition to that earlier piece. All right. You know what? Let me back out just for a second here. I apologize uh, because I do have a sound clip that you want to play, Rusty, that I can fire off here just for a second. But looking at John's setup uh, reminded me, you know, John is putting in an extraordinary effort here this evening. He's not obviously in his uh, normal studio. Uh, he's, uh, let's say, on remote, and uh, we can leave it at that. But I want to mention this. So, uh, A, first of all, thank you for the extra effort, John. You sound great, by the way. Um, we sound checked earlier. You sound uh, great right now, and I, I love the Christmas lights in the background and the uh, the, the clock and the the, the uh, thermometer. Is that is that what it's called, a thermometer? Is that what it's, um, it's a thermometer. Yes, thermometer. Jeez, I was blowing my mind up there just for a second. I want to say this. I had promoted uh, last segment that we have come to episode 156 of the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less. Uh, for those that have very bad math skills, let me help you out. We are now going in to our fourth year. This is the third year of complete best of shows that John has ushered in for all of us to listen to. Uh, starting four years ago at the first Tuesday of January uh, will be the beginning of our fourth year doing I thought it was two years. He's like, no, no, no. We're closing out the third year. We're going into the fourth year. And he has been cranking out shows week after week after week. Here's what he's doing. John is going back and listening to old shows. You know what mining is? John is mining. He's listening to old shows. He's in the shafts of the the annals of the archives of the show and mining out 10 minutes of a segment. And it has to meet John's criteria and it's got to meet whatever metrics he uses in order for a show to be best of material. And there's a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes work that is going in here. And I would be completely remiss that if I didn't single John out, which I'm sure he's very happy that I'm doing at this moment, and saying that not only... Are these shows an incredible asset to new listeners, to the mediocre listener, to the most seasoned, savvy listener? Uh, when I listen to them, I'm like, man, I can't believe that uh, that interview took place. I don't remember saying that. And then we link the real show into the show notes so you can go back and listen to the whole thing. There's been plenty of time because John has become a tricky bitch on these things now where he will... You forget within the 10 minutes that you're listening to a best of 
and then you get right to a crescendo point, and boom, the show ends, and he's like, oh, if you want to hear the rest of that, you can just hit the link. Perfect. He's doing it better than anybody right now. So, John, I want to tell you that I appreciate the work that you're putting in. The shows sound absolutely great. They are doing exactly what they should be, and uh, this fourth year is going to be insane. Thank you so much, my friend. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's great. Thank you. It's an honor to be part of the brand. Of course it is. Now, uh, let's go ahead and uh, get back to Rusty uh, just for a second. So, by the way, you have to be subscribed to the podcast feed to hear John's stuff that he releases every Friday, and it is magic. Um, I have a Jess Pryles cut for you, Rusty. This is one of your, your faves. Yeah, and it's not necessarily because of this cut. It's because it's just, I'll tell you why after it. All right, stand by. Here we go. Roll it. What do you think about rest? From a meat science perspective, it allows time for the muscle fibers to basically re-separate after the trauma of heat being applied, which creates room in between the fibers, which allows the moisture to redistribute. It's not that it's returning on a cellular level. It's just redistributing. That's the theory behind how it works. I know that Meathead uh, disagrees and that he's published his opinions and also Dr. Blonder's findings on this. And I kind of referenced this when I posted the video because I've got a tremendous amount of respect for Meathead and what he does. And I was kind of waiting to be pilloried by his uh, loyal followers. And I just sort of explained, you know, that the experiments even that Dr. Blonder conducts are not really done in lab standard conditions. And they're probably not done with a big enough sample to be considered a formal experiment. It's just a kind of educated opinion. Yeah. The reason why I like that clip so much is because she it's it's kind of like what I like the show for is that every yeah. single time I learn something new, but that one really stuck out to me because she goes on further to talk about how, you know, if you how did he conduct the experiment experiment? He put it in the fridge with other food in the fridge to affect the meat and the all that stuff. Plus, she's thrown down on meathead, which I love the guy, but I always kind of like that. You know, yeah. It's always kind of like when someone gets a jab in at him, I like when he responds to them too. There might be but, some other guys know, on the dais that feel the same way. No, <laughs> so no names, for me, it just kind of all encompassing. I really remember it really resonated with me. I liked that I learned, first of all, that you kind of opened your eyes to the fact that, hey, you know, not all of these so-called experiments are thorough. And some of them, you know, they're just not getting it right. And it was kind of cool for her to kind of explain that side of it. But for me, it just kind of explained what I love most about the show is that I just learned something cool every time. And for me, that was the standout for 2020 of, you know, the cool stuff that's presented, you know, and the, what the stuff that you can get out of these people, especially Jess Pryles, who, you know, she knows what's up. So that's why I like that clip the most. That's because it was just kind of, like I said, it's not the best, but it just kind of, you know, shows kind of how I feel about when I listen to the show. Right. And encapsulate (laughs) it. It encapsulates your feeling for the show. Holy moly. Tough time exactly. talking with the new yep. lips. No doubt. 100%. All right, uh, John, you want to uh, talk about your best selections, and then I will fire them off at your direction. Uh, you know, Mike, I, I just went with winners. I went with one that are absolutely going to make the, make the grade here. And, you know, you, you can't talk about this year without talking about grilled pineapple. You know, you, you just mentioned you got the most feedback from the Robin – didn't foil hat, but we absolutely got to talk about the pineapple. Uh, also, we got to touch base on sous vide's not as great as it used to be. I have and, that, and by my, the way. 
sounded like this. Let's, well, uh, ask me what, what I don't like about CVQ, because you know I have spoken about it in, in the positive terms before. So give me the... All right, uh, give me the contrary if, opinion, then. Well, I've learned a few things. It ain't good for everything. Um, there is just no reason to throw a ribeye steak in there. It, 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 what? It, no, uh, it, there's just no reason to do it. That's uh, the only reason I sous vide anything is for the steak meathead. By the way, uh, as proof being positive, Thursday night I will be sous videing a ribeye steak, which evidently I shouldn't be doing. Go ahead, Joe. The whole sous vide thing, and and Doug, you pointed at me when other people like to take jabs at 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 meathead. I have no problem with Meathead. I have a problem with this fanatical freaking followers that believe that sous vide is the greatest thing ever because Meathead told them it's the greatest thing ever. They're all disciples. I left the pit club over sous vide because it was the greatest thing ever. You can bake bread in that thing. You can make bad food good. You can do everything sous vide. Now we fast forward three years. It's like, oh, it's not good for everything. So, so... So to me, it's it's not Meathead. It's the kooks that follow him. Should it have been a quicker learn? Like I distinctly, you. I distinctly remember taking him to task on how much of a fad it was going. To. Now I, I will say that it seems to have stood the test of time to a certain degree. But where the popularity was out of the gate, and where we are in 2020, I remember having many conversations with him saying, "Oh, do you still think?" sous vide is as popular as it was and he did maintain and maintain and maintain and then this year he came off of it should have been a quicker learning curve for him do you think no i think it fell off when the google clicks and the matrix started to change he rode the wave of that popularity and a businessman he made a wise decision Hmm. and then it's not there anymore so what what's he got to gain from it he's beating a drum that nobody's listening to anymore because either everyone has one or nobody cares all right, uh, next up. You got to go with the pineapple clip. You got to roll that pineapple. Mm, all right, stand by. Everybody oh. who is in the grilling knows. Now, look, I want to point out something. here. Right when he gets done with those first couple words, there's what I call the crossing the line pause. Robin did it last week. Meathead does it right here. And he he takes like two beats and he's thinking to himself, is this a line that I am going to cross? Am I going to plant my flag here? And this is the best to me. This is the best part of the whole clip. I mean, the whole clip is great, but this is the best when he commits to making an asshole out of himself. Everybody who is in the grilling knows. I'm just going to come out and say it. All right. Have everything you can put on the grill. Nothing in this world, animal, vegetable, mineral, is better than a pineapple. God almighty, I love grilled pineapple. What? <laughs> oh my I goodness. have to look back at our 10 years of doing interviews together and hold everything in question that you said. I can't believe that the best thing coming off of a grill on any side of anything is 
pineapple? Have you ever just grilled a slice of pineapple? Uh, meathead. Of course I have. Never once fantastic? have I oh, thought right. that this could be the I, best I thing to, I've eaten off a grill. No to, way. Prime rib is better. Every pepper. steak is better. Chicken is better. <laughs> turkey is better. Pizza is better. Meathead, you are off your medicine. We I'm might a, have I'm, to call an end to this whole goddamn thing now. Oh, my God. I'm a buzz. It's a, it's an it's an insane clip, John. You're right on the money. It, it, it's it's a guaranteed winner of this contest. I picked the winner. There's no doubt about it. And I don't care if he likes grilled pineapple or not. You followed up with him in February on this topic, and you had stated at that time this maintained in your contact from listener news cycle for the longest time of anything on the show, which kind of bumps us over the tinfoil hat, which made take it out of the running but it's a winner for 2020 oh uh, i mean i'm telling you right now this was a uh, january 14th mention it has carried the year if i show anything with pineapple automatically it regenerates i mean it is certainly one that stuck all the way through the year uh, unlike a lot of things this withstood covid 19 without issue and continues to be brought up. So uh, you're right. I mean, that was uh, an incredible clip. Do you have anything else? Uh, I've got, uh, we got to go back and look at a Sam, the cooking guy discussion oh, yes. with you. And uh, I believe, I, I believe it was blasted rails. <laughs> he was blasted rails. All right. I got one for you. So stand by for that. You're Listen. being a great guest right now. I can tell you that. Uh, but heroin twice for real? Because I heard that was like the really the most addictive stuff. Okay, listen. Don't you have to have like a, a needle and, no, and a spoon don't. and fire for you that don't. shit? And both times Oof. it was given to me under the guise of it being something else. Like what? Which is Pez? Coke. <laughs> <laughs> so you sniffed heroin? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Nailing rails, as they say in the chat room. All right. I don't know that term. Nailing rails. Now, I, I do believe, John, you are right. The, the correct term for the drug addicts out there is blasting rails. But uh, nailing rails was uh, what carried the day there. What did you like about that? Um, if you back up in that segment, which if once we select that as my second winner, uh, <laughs> if we can back up to that segment, the, the conversation started and went down this Sam the cooking guy drug path that didn't wasn't f-bomb filled and it it started with something like and I'll paraphrase oh I don't have a good memory I smoked a lot of marijuana when I was young and then it, and then it just tumbled into this deep dark uh not always happy flipping thing it was it's just it's just a great segment so the reset to that is we had come back from a a break, which we're going to do here in just a second. And he wanted to do a commercial for me. He had heard me on Sean Walchef's podcast and he wanted to relay to everybody what a great segment that was that I had with Sean. And within him trying to set that up, he said something about him not having the best memory, that he smoked a lot of weed. And then I just flippantly followed up with something. And then he's like, oh yeah, I've done everything. And then I said, oh, uh, have you ever done crack cocaine? And he's like, oh, like, oh, yeah, like without batting an eye, like everybody does that. And that's where the rabbit hole took a hold. So, yeah, it's a nuts. Rusty, do you have any thoughts on that particular clip or Sam's drug use in the past? 
It it makes sense. I mean, you look at. I mean, you know, you got to get. You got to get. You got to take your lumps to get cool. You know what I'm saying? You got to yeah. go through some shit. So he's cool. Yeah, he's went through some shit. He's the man. Done uh, some shit. Doug, what do you do? You like that? Yeah, he's very open about it, and uh, obviously from his as his brother's influence, as he said. But yeah, yeah the crack cocaine question that you asked was, uh, um, "Have you ever done crack cocaine?" That was one of my favorites. Yeah, yes. I think I, I have that locked up for uh, either you, Doug, or that might be one of my sound bites. So we'll uh, we'll have that reset too. Uh, John, did you need to finish anything before we hit the break? No? Okay. Then uh, stand by, and we'll come back with the embedded correspondence as we are going through the list and sound bites of the best, what we feel are the best sound bites of 2020. And we'll have a winner at some point, too. I'll talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers, the number one spot for online shopping. They have 13 perfectly balanced Rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money and Regular Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Double Secret Steak Rub, Little Louis Season Salt, Desert Gold, just to name a few. All ready for you. Impress judges and friends and family when you use the Big Papa Smokers award-winning rubs. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce, so if you're looking for a new go-to sauce that's a little different than what's already out there, good as a base, good to tweak as well. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they're offering the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, why not check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Cooker, Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers, try the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, you can't go wrong with anything that is featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook and competition cook. Questions? Give them a call, 877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. Big Papa Smokers. Joining me in the first hour, by the way. So if you missed it. Make sure you get the podcast tomorrow and catch up with Sterling. We're back with more embedded correspondence and best bits of the year. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. And this portion being brought to you by Smithfield.com. Maybe head on over to Smokin' with Smithfield.com. S-M-O-K-I-N. See what's going on with that Committed Cooks program. Hopefully, we'll be announcing the Smithfield Grant Program, which is also happening in 2021. So excited about that. In the meantime, you can go there or smithfield.com if you want. Award-winning pork. Chris Lindley and Darren Worth and Ernest Cervantes and Child Cridland uses as well. All right. We are back with the embedded correspondence. Jesus Christ, I can't get the right thing here. Here we go. There we go. Sorry about that, guys. Everybody's having seizures now that I was rifling through those picks. Um, all right, so I think, does that uh, end you, John? And we can move over to Doug? Oh, yeah. Yes, all right. Doug's going to roll a while. I'm going to kick back and relax. All right, so uh, by the <laughs> way, uh, as you listen to these guys, 
Um, if anybody has reaction or comment, just go ahead and give me a hand raise, and you can go ahead and get your two bits in there. Uh, so, uh, Doug, go ahead and let me know about the best sound clips that you brought up, and I will fire them off at your behest. Okay. All right. So we already talked about pineapple. Um, going next to February, your rant on Bloody Mary and the contest that they had at sh- the shed was classic, I thought. And John, Can I- this is a future, future best of. Future best of. All right. John taking notes. Yes, diligently. All right. Can I please hate on that freaking Bloody Mary contest? Give me some room, Malcolm. I mean, what, what the fuck is going on down there? This is not a drink. It is a drink. Okay, I get it in concept. It is not a goddamn drink. There's 15 pounds of food hanging off most of those drinks. One had a freaking steak on it. I get it's kind of keeping with the theme here. And if anyone has ever wondered for one second why every other country in the world hates America, all they had to do was show up to the shed and see that travesty of a Bloody Mary content. Of course everybody else hates us. We're hanging 78 pounds of crabs and steak and every kind of vegetable. There's so much weight hanging off of the... Is anybody even eating the drink? Why is there so much shit going on in those drinks, Malcolm? Please help me. I'm going mad. I was on fire, Doug. It was amazing. Quite a rant, I thought. Uh, Rusty, are you a Bloody Mary guy? I am, but I, I, I agree with you. Like, it's the worst. It's I don't even enter them anymore. I used to. I used to live in New Orleans. I was a bartender, and we did. We had these contests, but it was not like it is now. You know, it's just crazy what they have going on. I. I actually missed that. I guess I, I've never heard that before. So that I was I was listening to it going, hell yeah, yeah. That's I'm a, with that. That's a February fourth bit, believe it or not. February fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Doug loves it when you reference you don't know stuff about the show and you're on the show. That's my favorite part. Was right, go this ahead. Year. Go ahead, Doug. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that, that was great. And John, thank you for smoking the cigarette. That was that was that was that was that well, is not so. a cigarette, by the way. What is he doing? Oh, I see. <laughs> hey now, <It's> Michigan. <laughs> hey, wait. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Sam, the cooking guy, is making an appearance on the show. Everybody, <laughs> hey Sam, how you doing? I'm just I'm trying to follow his lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, Kind of my my second favorite. I'm going to skip to November 17th and Greg on the McRib. John, this is also a future best of his rant on the McRib in the first hour. No offense, Rusty, but stand by. And I'm not going to say that I hate the McRib, but really, I hate the McRib. It's a bad sandwich. It's a bad sandwich to me. There are 10 better options on the McDonald's menu other than the McRib right now as we sit here in 2020. Fire up Instagram. Tell us it's all right with the world. Take your bite. Orgasm all over yourself. And then do it again the next day and the next day until they rip that sando from you. And you're like, no! Worst day ever! McDonald's ripped the McRib again! See you next year! It's always a surprise, oh right? It's always a surprise when they rip. <laughs> Rusty, is that the like the is that going to be your worst day this year? <laughs> it's going to be up there. Yeah, you I know, bet. it's totally twenty twenty to give it back, and then 
I got to say, though, you know what? I can't help myself. The McRib is delicious, and it's not nostalgia. It's because it's really good. And no, McDonald's, it's not the best thing on there. McDonald's doesn't make the best burger. It's not close. They don't make the best nuggets. It's not close. The best chicken sandwich, it's not even close. Thousands of people make it better, but it's still really good. And yes, you can make the McRib better at your house. Of course, you can make anything better <laughs> at your house. McRib is good. And I thought, you know, it's a nostalgia thing. But, you know, when I had it this year, I'm like, it's not. The bread, that bun is just perfect. And I love that sausage consistency. I know it's weird, and that's where people get all hung up. Wow. Of that McRib itself, the sauce, it's old school. You know, it feels like I'm grilling with my grandpa, which apparently is terrible. By the way, that's nostalgia that you're talking about that you said it's not. Yeah, it but is. then again, it just all comes together and it's really good. Could I make one better? Hell yes. Everyone on this panel could. A hundred times better. Still a great sandwich. People get so hung up. It's such a hipster thing people just like want to hate it so bad you know no one when was the last time you saw someone go off on the mcfish or the the, the fish one no you don't ever hear that yeah but it's, it you hardly know, it's like, has the same cachet as the mcrib like they're not ripping the, saying, the, the the mcfish off the menu and then bringing it back they could do the same thing with the mcfish they took it off the menu and then uh, only around uh what's that stupid religious holiday that you eat fish and not meat what's oh, it called um, Wednesday? Lent, 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 yeah, around Lent. Lent. Uh, Lent. Uh, you know, then you magically like roll Friday, out the McFish, and uh, you know, oh, the McFish is back. Then you get the McFish app locator, and you know, two tools are running around the street trying to find McFish. You could do the same thing if the McRib was on the menu I all the time. It, it would be way less popular, and you know it. It's super good. I, you know, it probably would, but it's, that's the best part about it. Is it is it brings out the worst and best in people that's what it does it brings out the worst you know. and worst in people that's what it does. it does because they they're they're hipsters and they get all hung up on the perfect whatever the hell it is and can't just sit down and enjoy good food regardless right. of where it comes from. john go ahead you gotta you throw this hipster term around like it's something what the fuck do you mean by that explain yourself what i mean <laughs> what are you is, talking about it's like you go, okay you can't say you know, like, oh, well, I listened to Nirvana. Well, oh, yeah, did you listen to the Pixies in 1988, you know, before they even came out? It's one of those things. It's like everyone's like, well, I make great barbecue. How could I even think about liking the McRib? You know, they're like all hipstery about it. Like, I'm cooler than you because I hate the McRib. It's just, it's, it's not right. It's a good sandwich. For, for point of clarification and uh, to continue to beat this dead horse, which we'll stop doing in about five seconds. I would love Perfect. to love the McRib. I just think it's a piece of crap. I've tried it, and I just think it's bad. So, you know, it's just I would love to love it because I'm excited that you love it so much. I would love to I would love to love it, but I cannot love that. I would love it, but I can't love it. That's all I'm saying. Doug, continue. Okay. Breaking news. I'm going to go have breaking a McRib news. tomorrow. Yes, breaking news. A Barbecue Central Show exclusive news yes. update. Breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio, going down to Texas with our embedded correspondent, Doug, shiding with some breaking news. After talking with Head Country over the past couple of weeks, I have developed a McRib, uh, Head Country McRib sandwich, and it's a real rib. And I'm going to go taste the damn McRib sandwich tomorrow and punish myself. Look at you taking one for the team. Rusty is a gag. 
He can't wait for that. Yes. I'm so excited for it. It's like it's like you haven't seen Game of Thrones, you know, and I'm just like, oh wow, like how would that be to be able to watch Game of Thrones? This, this will be no my answer. second test. The first test did not go well. It tasted like breakfast sausage. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I can't wait to get your uh, Facebook chat feedback on the McRib tomorrow. So we'll see. All right. uh, Continue on, Doug. Okay. All right. Going back to kind of the American Idol, that was a fantastic, uh, (laughs) even though I put more energy in Jesse's Girl. Let's just say that. But uh, anyway, Maddie and her real reason. Why we lost our last embedded correspondent that he quit. He quit. Yes. He relieved you, himself you, of duty. He relieved himself and 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 we all know the real reason he, he quit me. But uh, <laughs> we, uh there's you, no proof of that, by the way. But okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, all right. So anyway, there there is proof, but but anyway, you can play the clip. All right, stand you can by. play the clip. Stand by. That- what? <laughs> Um, I have friends who are waiting to listen. Yeah, they don't want to wait anymore. Are we going to do this soon? Uh, now hold on a goddamn. Second. Um, actually, <laughs> I know why Steve left. Maddie, you know why Steve I left? Know. All right, let's hear it. Hold um, on, hold on. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! Breaking news. Go ahead. Mom did not like him. That's not why. <laughs> That's not why. Well, I mean, as we have just learned, uh, while Maddie's thought was that because my wife didn't like him, that's why Steve left the show. We are finding out breaking news right here on the show, perhaps why he did leave, uh, that we cannot substantiate either. But you like that because uh, Maddie just tossed it out there for public consumption? It was, and it was hilarious. It was totally unexpected and hilarious. Yes. And they interrupted the harsh criticism of you singing, which was totally unwarranted in the first round or two that <laughs> that Brutal. they interrupted. What? That, that's true. I yeah. mean, but anyway, so. And then, and then yeah. she's telling me, that, you know, can we get going here? Because I have friends watching and they're getting bored. Like, yeah. can we please get going yeah. with this? That's a sideline. That's a sideline benefit to that particular clip. Yeah, yes. no doubt. All right, uh, next one. Well, Rusty, I have to go to you in terms of your your knowledge of the show, and I know you're new to the show, but Pat Lafrida ref- reference was just it was classic. I mean, people should know who Pat Lafrida is. I, I haven't heard an episode, and I don't know who he is. I, I sorry. Sorry. You don't know who he is. Yeah, I don't even know who he is. Pat so, LaFrida, America. He's been on the show before, too. What a callback. What a callback. So if you missed that, it kind of gets lost in the audio. Doug also says Diva has also been on the show, too. Uh, that kind of gets lost in the whole thing there. But that was uh, an incredible callback because there was a, a point in time uh, when Steve was the embedded correspondent on the show, uh, f- and he—I mean, were we in into the embedded correspondence for a year at that point? And somehow Diva came up, and he's like, "Oh, Diva's been on the show before," and I'm like, "Yeah, like uh, like <laughs> eight times over the last you know ten years or whatever it was at that point." So that was a, a tremendous callback, and you know. Rusty's gaining knowledge. You know, new guys gain knowledge, right? It's like new sales guys. You know, you start out, you're not that great. You don't know a lot, but over time, you gain more knowledge. But you know who Pat LaFrieda is now, don't you, Rusty? 
I do not. You don't? <laughs> well, you're the then you're the sales guy that gets fired. <laughs> Hold on, let me Google this. You don't know who he is yeah, now? Really? Like you let that one slide for that many months? Uh Wow. I probably know who he is, but you know, me and Sam, man, we we're the same way. Our brain is like Swiss cheese. I don't know what happened. Just <laughs> I might have even heard like an episode with him on and just never realized who it was, you know? Just how it is. What's wrong with that? But right. I, I do have you done crack cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> it's the it's the bang it off of the yeah. nailing bathroom stalls. Nailing rails off the keys. All right. Ah, next, that's what it was. Blasting, yeah, rails. Blasting, rails. Blasting, rails. blasting rails. Go ahead, Doug. Next clip. Okay, all right. So, um, I happen to love Kevin Bledsoe. Yeah. His segment, I loved it. I nominated him for the Hall of Fame. He had, and I had, I nominated three clips. You can play any of which you want. The plant, uh, brisket, and there's no, no BS. And he's going to do it what he does till the he casket drops. And then the other one, we even cooked Beaver Greg. Yep. And then the best lightning round question ever was his extra middle finger. All right. So I have uh, Top Ramen. That's what I'm saying. You know, barbecue is a tradition, oh, yes. man. Barbecue is a heritage, you know. Why mess with it? I mean, what? This ain't Top Ramen. You know, it's an art to this. <laughs> man, low and slow, baby, like a six foe, you know. Low and slow, baby, like a six foe. It's not Top exactly. Ramen. If yeah. he... He he's he is. I'm gonna say he's the Myron Mixon of television. Myron is so nice in person, but just kind of an ass on TV, right? I mean, yep. that's his TV personality. The heel. Kevin is so, yeah. Kevin is so serious on TV, and he's so funny on on the show. So I wish he was more like his his com- comedic self. Here's the beaver. TV. Here's the beaver clip. We could beaver, okay, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> That's stand by. We could beaver, Greg. <laughs> That's my favorite. I love. Well, I better not say yeah, that out loud. I could misconstrue what I'm about to say. Never mind. Here's the middle finger. Would you rather middle have finger. no eyebrows or an extra finger? Uh, no eyebrows. No eyebrows. That's right. Unless somebody gonna give me an extra middle finger. That's right. Extra middle <laughs> finger. Yeah, he was. He was a great guy. Money. Keep it a hundred percent. I mean, he was. Yeah. Hilarious. No doubt. Next up. Thank you. Is that it? I think I'm good. Uh, yeah, I think I'm good. You've got the other ones. Uh, didn't you have the flat or the flat Earth for uh, Rob? I do. Is I do. You? I didn't know if we covered that with regard to Rusty and stuff, but yeah, the the fun question have to er, have to ask if you're a flat earther, you know, with the the aluminum hat on. All right. Well, here's the flat earther. Are you a flat earther? Nope. I'm not crazy. I've just been very researched lately. Uh, that's a that's a funny retort. I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm just really researched lately. What does that even mean? Do a lot, doing a lot of research lately. Yes, I, I she's just well researched. Which so does that mean that every other time she hasn't been researched well, or you know, I don't. That's it. It, it means she's in the third or fourth page of Google. That's yes. What it means. Okay, I got. It. Yeah, it was uh, yeah. that was fun. Yeah. Again, are you a flat not earther? First fate. Nope. I'm not crazy. I've just been very researched lately. That's right. Very researched. Um, <laughs> now there was one other one. Let me go back to mine real quick and make sure that I'm not going to be doubling up. No, I'm not. 
Uh, you had Rock, the crack cocaine. Um, you had the crack cocaine, yeah. Sam, which uh, sounded like we yeah. did that one. We we did we didn't do that one yet. Oh, okay, stand by. But I'm going to forget. I don't have a very good memory. I smoked a lot of weed when I was younger. Great. Did all all kinds of other drugs. I've never done weed in my life. Yeah, I know you don't do that stuff. You couldn't name something. I don't think I haven't done. What? I'm not. I'm not saying what? I'm proud of it. I'm just saying I had a. Have you done crack cocaine? Absolutely. <laughs> what? Uh-oh. By the way, Proud instant chat me. blowing up with Sam's a man. What a champ. He's a man's that, man. Oh, my God. I love him but, even more. I mean, the listers are going on and on. Look, what the we hell? Ha- we have very honest conversations. <laughs> they said it could it could blow your heart up. Like, doesn't that scare well, you enough to not try it? I was young. What did I know? So was well, I. I had a brother who specialized in that world. Sadly, he took his own life. But that was that was his world for for quite some time. We, you can be easily influenced by somebody older and a family member. Yeah, of course. And he turned me on first to Coke. You're I'm great. totally scared of doing cocaine of any form, rock no, or, or powder or anything. Also, I was the oldest. I didn't have any older siblings that were into nefarious activity. You were going to do a hey, commercial I before did. we got into your heroin and crack cocaine use. <laughs> yeah. That, so that was the backstory to, to what John was talking about earlier. So. Wow. Exactly, exactly. Like you, I've never done drugs before other than a Ronnie James Dio concert, and the guy next to me was smoking doobies all night. So you got uh, contact buzz, as it were? Yeah, the yeah. next day I had a huge headache. Yeah, I bet. Uh, all right, uh, so that uh, gets Doug caught up. I'll go to my page here. Uh, i got to do one more break, and then we'll carry the balance of the hour, so stand by here just for one more second. And I will talk to everybody quickly about B and B Charcoal, one of the newest sponsors. Okay. This is Meet Mitch. Right. Listening to the Barbecue Central Show. All right. Sorry about that, Potsy. B and B. So they're offering charcoal to you. They have lump charcoal. They have briquette charcoal. Also, they have other fuel options that Ed will come on and talk about here and. A few short weeks trying to nail them down. Pellets. They have wood chunks. They have wood splits. A whole bunch of great stuff. Uh, if you're looking to get the consistency and long burn, I might tell you that the briquettes are the way to go, especially if you're running the bullet style or the uh, uh, for the long overnight cooks. If you want something that's a little hotter or maybe using ceramic cookers, I'm a little unsure. Maybe when we go back to the table here, we can get some thoughts from the panel. I was told long ago you'd never want to use briquettes in any of the ceramic cookers only lump charcoal i don't know if big green egg made that kind of a fashionable rule but it's not a rule but in any event i like using lump charcoal as well when i had a kind of ceramic cooker but it was aluminum the bubba keg i used lump charcoal exclusively And when I have my charcoal cookers, I go ahead and grab some lump charcoal and cook on that because it's got way less ash. But if I'm going long and overnight and I want that consistent, I will go briquette. Where can you buy it? Great question. I find mine at the local Ace Hardware. Make friends with your Ace Hardware manager and tell him or her to go on the website and see that B&B is in their regional distribution hub and they can ship it right into the store or start stocking it because you're going to tell everybody you know about it go to bbcharcoal.com that's bbcharcoal.com 
see all the products that they have, then go to your Ace. If they don't have them in stock right now, tell them to start stocking it. They're going to send in all your mates, and they're going to be buying it all up. New revenue stream for the store, and you'll be a hero. BBCharcoal.com. That's BBCharcoal.com. And we'll be back to finish out my clips and then hopefully pick a winner of the best clip of 2020. Stick around. We will be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. That's right, and this show brought to you by The Smoke Sheet, a free weekly newsletter keeping you in the know on everything happening in the barbecue world outside of the show. Free newsletter. Sign up, bbqnewsletter.com, a great all-in-one resource covering the live fire industry. Right, rolling up on the screen here. And thanks for hanging with me through the break there, dudes. Uh, let me go around the table here. John, do you ever use uh, lump, or I'm sorry, briquette charcoal in a ceramic cooker ever? I have done it to see what would happen because I've seen Chris Lilly do it. And with Kingsford, it does ash up. And because, you know, there's limestone in Kingsford. And the B&B does, supposedly doesn't have that. So I would definitely be willing to give it a try. Doug, have you ever tried it? I have tried um, briquettes in a big green egg, and my food tasted like charcoal. Really? Like it wasn't getting yes, enough, it uh, like it wasn't getting enough oxygen underneath it to to burn, or yeah, exactly. It was my friend's. It was my friend's big green egg. This is a long time ago, and um, I lost a throwdown to it, and I hate losing mm. and i have a strong memory of this yes oh wow doug has a strong memory of something that's shocking uh rusty <laughs> have you ever tried that no i've always used lump in any of those like a primo big green egg any of it so it's always been lump all right so i did think it would work if otherwise so yeah i well that i i never tried it because i was afraid i was always told you know way way back a long time ago when the Bubba keg was made in Atlanta or brought it in from Atlanta that you never wanted to use anything other than lump charcoal. Otherwise it would just go out. There would be so much ash. Uh, and at that point it was Kingsford mostly. There wasn't even, you know, a lot of these other brands that were doing the lump briquette. I think uh, there was a thing that was happening for a little bit. So I just used lump. Anyway, uh, we'll go to my particular sound bites. And number one on the list. And I went in uh, reverse order. So this happened December 1st. Uh, I am uh, repping her gear right now, the Bad Jew. And I believe she's actually watching at the moment. Um, or she popped in and out 20 minutes ago. We'll see uh, what happens. But one of my, I don't know why it struck me. Uh, I have an affinity for when people say things that are just kind of off the cuff and they just stick with me. But when she said this, uh, I couldn't stop thinking about it the next day. I was saying it like uh, all over the house the next day to my kids, and I played the soundbite for my kids, and they thought it was like hilarious. But it's a it's a Cleveland thing too that uh, she says, and uh, it's uh, talking about uh, her being with her people on this side of town. 
So I grew up in Cleveland. I was born and raised there. And I went to Orange High School. I'm from the east side with all my fellow Jews. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't... I, I, <laughs> I, I just laugh every time I hear it because it makes it sound like, you know, all of the Jews on in Cleveland live on the east side. Now, certainly there are some pretty heavy pockets of the Jewish population on the east side, but I would hazard a guess that uh, there are also some Jewish populations on the west side of Cleveland. But uh, just the fact that she's like, yeah, I live on the east side of Cleveland, all my family just kind of stuck with me. And so that's number one in December that we moved to November 17th where I had whole hog star sensation and marvel. Remember, Rodney Scott burned, uh, he didn't burn it down, but his uh, his pit room in Hemingway burned to the ground, all the way to the ground. And to earn money for rebuild, he did this uh, Rodney Scott in exile barbecue tour. And within 18 days, he raised $80,000 or something. It was a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, So much so that I was like, well, why the hell would you even bother getting into the restaurant? Rodney Scott should be going on tour full time until people don't want to buy that ticket anymore from a financial sense. It just seems like it was a smart move to me. And I asked him as we were watching the barbecue documentary, uh, Chef's Table Barbecue Edition, about his flipping kidding. Unbelievable. So unprofessional. I apologize for that, guys. Um that uh, he has this estranged relationship with his dad, and I was able to dig down a little bit further and ask him about that. Mm-hmm. You had mentioned that there were several attempts on your part, even at that point, I don't know how long ago it was shot, that you were trying to set things right. Does he just roundly rebuff every attempt? Oh, man, just from hanging the phone up, <laughs> really? turning his head when I passed by. I remember he was standing on the side of the road yeah. when I went to the stop sign. And he recognized that it was my truck, and he just turned his head as if I didn't exist. Really? <laughs> you know? Is there an infinite amount of attempts that you would make in regards to this, or because he's your father, you, you would keep going until he crosses that bridge uh, before he ends up passing away, or, or not necessarily? Honestly, I say a silent prayer day to day about it, about the situation, you know, hoping that he would come around. But, you know, before all of this, I had this weird dream. I remember I fell asleep and I woke up and I remember him standing in front of me and he kind of turned around in this dream and he looked at me and he mumbled the words to me, help me. And I'm like, don't worry, I got you. And that was the end of that dream. So maybe that's to come. Maybe not. I don't know. Hopefully we come around and we get to sit down and talk and, uh, talk about all of the good times that we've had and and catch up on the times that we've, you know, we missed. Ultimately, if that doesn't happen, do you think that that would be a regret of yours that he wasn't able to to come around for whatever reason? Is that something that would eat at you? No, I don't think it would eat at me at this point. You know, knowing that I made all of the attempts that I could and and sent messages and and reached out as much as I could, it, it wouldn't eat at me because I've made the honest attempts the best that I could. If he's still in denial of them, what more can I do? That was such a great experience for me to you know, watch that documentary and then land him for an interview, go back and watch it and actually take notes on things that I wanted to, to follow up on. And, you know, I mean, that particular thing kind of strikes a chord with me personally anyway. So it was great to, to follow up and his his candor. And I didn't know if he was going to get a little shady on as I started to dig a little more and a little more into the, the father thing, if he was going to be like, hey, you know, I'm not going to really talk about it or if it was going to get too personal. But he was more than willing to share. And, you know, that was certainly 
uh, refreshing for me to hear. Next one, completely a departure out of the barbecue and grilling arena. I had mentioned in September that I may or may not have a long burning disdain for one golden bear, Jack Nicholas, the perhaps <laughs> greatest golfer of all time, whatever that means. And Kent DeSormo, who I know, of course, nobody knows, but uh, you know, back in the like late 80s through the 1990s, was a really prolific horse jockey. Um, you know, won a lot, uh, but yeah, you know, a, a raging asshole, uh, much like Jack Nicholas. If you missed it, this is what it sounded like. For instance, Greg, why do you hate Jack Nicholas and Kent Sormo? A lot of you followed up that email with, I know who Jack Nicholas is. Who's Kent DeSormo and why do you have an issue with him? I don't know if I have enough time to get into the fact on why Jack Nicholas, the golden bear, is also a raging asshole of seismic and gargantuan proportions. Likewise, one of the literal smallest men on the face of the earth, and unless you're a horse racing person, which I'm guessing most of you aren't, you have no idea who Kent DeSormo is. And aside from being a raging alcoholic, he also happens to be a raging asshole as well. When I rank assholes in this earth, Jack Nicholas is number one with a bullet, and it is not even close. Second, and it's a far, far back second, but second nonetheless is that jockey, Kent Asorma, who's probably listening to the show right now well into his third handle of Paramount Vodka. Uh I'm not going to get into it. Just know that those two take the cake for me. I don't believe I have pulled the curtain fully back on why Jack Nicholas and Kent DeSormo are assholes. And this is please do. This is not the platform for it this evening. But at some point in 2021, I will reveal the Jack Nicholas and Kent DeSormo asshole moments. And you, too, will become non-fans of theirs in an instant. In an instant, I guarantee it. Uh, I mean, none of you are fans of Kent DeSormo anyway, but I don't know who follows golf out of you three or if you think Jack Nicholas is a good guy. But trust me, he's a bag of seismic proportions. And my story will only serve to solidify his assholeness to you, and you will also hate him. To be continued. Next up, Rod Gray was back on the show. I was talking to Sterling Ball in the first hour about how uh, Rod was very forthcoming and letting that uh, truth be shown finally on the Hall of Fame. And Rod and I were barbing each other a little bit back and forth on that very subject. A lot of money was probably spent up front on having Guy Fieri come in and be the faceplate. I mean, let's be honest, Rod. I mean, should we get him out of the Barbecue Hall of Fame? Absolutely not. Absolutely. You have to be kidding me. I am not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. See, it's not worth you and I hashing over tonight. We only have a limited amount of time, but there were reasons. And honestly, what better than have him come back the next year and be the MC of the whole event? I mean, it was a great year. It was great to put Johnny in and it was great to put him in and then to come back next year and 
he wants to MC the whole event. What a great way to, to do that. But why not just agree on some uh, reduced appearance fee instead of putting mm-hmm. him into the barbecue hall of fame? No, what I'm saying, I, there's no fee. But I'm saying in, 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 right. in yeah. lieu You're of the, instead of putting him in, yes, because it pulls at the very fabric of the barbecue hall of fame. He's done nothing to get into the barbecue hall of fame. But see, and I'm going to leave this here, but when we started this, we had three categories, and one category right, right. was a, a face. And we tried, and it didn't honestly go over all that well. But I stand behind our decision to put guy guy in. I do. Barbecue is food, and he does a lot for food. It's still paying off that he's in the Barbecue Hall of Fame. I'm sorry you didn't get in, Greg. Oh, I'm that sorry has I nothing to do with it. I could care less. I could care less. Seems like, got, seems like you got a cob up your ass about not getting in. <laughs> no. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Yeah, so I got a cob up. Somebody had that in there a bit, too. I think that was Duck. Um, Doug, I saw you feverishly uh, writing a note here or there. Do you have a reaction on that? Yeah, who is he talking about in terms of the face that was supposed to be other than Guy Fieri? Well, so what he's saying is originally when this new Hall of Fame was being rolled out through the American Royal, there were three categories. There was business, there was pitmaster, right. yes, and then exactly. there was celebrity. So he's saying celebrity. face as celebrity, and that was Guy. Uh, okay, uh, John. Right. Did you have a okay. a rebut? That that's that the cob is the best part, and you can talk <laughs> to Sterling and Rod all day long, and they're never going to change, and you're going to keep going. It's it's horse meat. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Like, and horse meat is going to happen in 2021. We're bringing it back. 2017, 2017 original. COVID could only happen. That's right. 2017 original. Uh, then we have some. Uh, we have a meathead one coming up right here. We learned in August, August 11th, Meathead refuses to cover his grills. I have never put a cover on my Max. I've had one for years. Never had an issue with rust. Where do you keep it's it? It's just outdoors in Chicago. Not covered? Uncovered. Completely. How? I don't cover what the anything. hell? I'm coming I to get that thing. You're an abuser. Any of my smokers, You're an abuser. Any of my How dare you? I just too effing lazy. Plus, <laughs> they should be able to take it. They should oh, be able on. to take it. Too lazy. It takes done, one second. Cooking, when I'm done cooking, my grill is hot. Yeah. I'm not going to stand there and wait for it to cool off. And put you don't the have on. to. You got dishes I'm to do. Inside. You got pie to eat. How long do you think I'm that thing is going to stay hot? You think it's going to stay hot for an hour? It's not an offset cooker that's going to stay hot for an hour. Oh, my God. Meathead, if you're going to invest, how much is this cooker for the retail? Three. Three grand. You're not going to take five minutes to put on a, a cover nope. from the elements. I mean, come I've on. I've been doing. I, I have oh, left dear. my Mac two star uncovered. I don't even have a cover for it. Wow, Rusty, are you a coverer? I I I am now sort of. I'm better, you know, because now I hear your voice in my head every time I go out and I look out of my window and they're not covered <laughs> and I hear Greg going, "Cover that fucking thing," <laughs> and so I go out and I cover one. Not all. So I'm halfway there. Yeah. That's the best I can do right now. This is the best I'm comfortable with right now. John, were you I'm surprised that uh, Meathead was not a coverer? Was that was that something that you learned that day? It was. Yeah. I learned that, and I was surprised. I can defend him a bit on a Mac. If you got a $3,000 Mac, it's made to sit outside. It's no different than a giant old hickory that sits outside year-round. But the majority of us, not to speak for all of us, don't have $3,000 pellet grills. 
And if I was lucky enough to have one, I'd spend the $300 to cover it up. <laughs> so I was really surprised. He's in Chicago. How long does a, it, it, they're going to come apart? Doug, were you surprised to hear that Meathead was a, a non-grill coverer? I was, and it should only cost $100, by the way. But, yes, absolutely. Cover the damn grill. We're expecting rain like in two days. I covered my grill that's most exposed to rain tonight. Yeah. All right. So cover your grills, or if you have a $3,000 Mac grill, evidently you don't need to do that. Next up, this could be the winner for me, and uh, we'll see how we all vote here at the end. Uh, I did a little knife mathematics with first Tuesday of the month recurring guest Sam the Cooking Guy. This took place on June 7th where I was trying to teach him about business. If you were going to sell a knife, you're oh. 200, you're 1,000, you're <sighs> 5,000. How many do you get? Mm, and- that's a good question. Let's delve into this a little bit because I happen to be a businessman. So uh, you're Sam the Cooking Guy. Oh, you're boy. pretty, you're, I mean, you're definitely a regional celebrity. People see you across this great country in warehouse stores uh, doing like on the TVs and stuff. When the knife deal came together, where were you on the subscriber mark? Were you at a million already? Let's think about this. Oh, yes. Yeah. I would imagine yeah. that uh, knowing that you were still on the uptick on YouTube uh, and then this is just, you know, where I'm seeing the buy at, I would order 500,000 knives. <laughs> Right. We didn't sell 500,000. I mean, I'm telling you, that's what I would order. So good. Oh, well, it's fantastic. And I love your thinking. I'm so glad that you're not my uh, purchasing manager. Do you know what kind of a deal we can get on manufacturing at 500,000? We're going to be be printing on the street right now. (laughs) If I had to shell out for 500,000. We'd be printing money at this point for crying out. We wouldn't be short. We wouldn't be back ordered. I can tell you that. We'd have to pay for the five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> How many did you order on the first run? Why do I have to tell? Why do our conversations? Oh I didn't ask you how much money this. you made. I just want. I ask it when people get into the rub business. They say, you know, how many? They say, I, I we did an initial run of fifteen cases. Is that secret? How many knives you make? What the fuck? I'm trying to think of how many. <laughs> I have to fucking do na- math now for you. You, I mean, you know how many now knives you ordered? Death. You know how many knives you ordered? I've tried to put it into cases. I don't need to tell you how many knives oh we've sold. I didn't ask you what the margin was. That's where you're going. No, I know what you're no. doing. Why? You never tell me anything anyway. Everybody fucking oh Cleveland like that. You're either chaining up <sighs> young girls in your basement oh or you're lighting our rivers on fire. How much money they've made. LeBron James going to L.A. COVID-19 is your fault. <laughs> We've heard them all. It's, it's nothing to do with anything I'm saying. John, is 500,000 knives and a man of Sam's stature, was that ridiculous? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I thought that was a pretty, a pretty yeah, safe dude, bet. That's 500,000? Yeah, dude. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's ridiculous? Yeah? <laughs> I mean, you could, if, they, if Walmart sold them, they're not going to buy that many. <laughs> huh. like, I figured with 2 million subscribers, that's, I mean, that's... That's you know that's like twenty five percent of his, his subscribership, right? I know, but they can watch YouTube for free. They don't need to throw down that kind of cash for a knife. Yeah. They get Sam for nothing. Uh, what do you think, Doug? Was five hundred that far off? Well, well I think Sean was going to back it financially, right? Sean Wal- Walshev? Was- <laughs> no, <laughs> no. He, he, I thought he came on the show. No, and said he was gonna Sean back was full it. of so, shit. Uh, no way. Uh, <laughs> 
Oh, if you can't believe Sean, come yeah, on. No doubt. Yeah. That, Point taken. That actually was very hilarious. That was very, very hilarious. Hmm. Uh, Rusty, what do you think for 500,000 knives? Aggressive? I think if you were to make a movie on Sam's life, that would be the moment where everything crashes around him and he's, you know, eating his toenails in his apartment by himself because he's lost everything. Yeah. And it's the moment before he has to rise up and finally find out what's really in his heart and not what's in his pocket. All right. Next up, and I apologize for the length here, but I trimmed it as much as I could. And I think this really summarizes the first handful of months of COVID. And then there's this. Let me ask you a question. What will your coronavirus memory be years from now? Will it be the term social distancing? Will it be the remembrance of how crippled business and the economy became during this time? The record-breaking amount of unemployment? Mine will be that we, as a society, brought to the forefront an industry that I had no idea exists. That being the industry of big cats. And I'm not talking about big ass domestic house cats like you got a fat cat. I'm talking about tigers and lions and pumas and bobcats and mountain lions. I will remember that within a two week time frame, everybody in America who had a Netflix account watched a documentary exposing the seedy underbelly of the keepings of big cats across the land especially the one dude with the worst dyed blonde mullet i have ever seen in my life ever who somehow had a magical ability to turn heterosexual males gay in an instant his name joe exotic yes joe exotic and trust me joe exotic ain't a looker joe exotic ain't rich joe exotic ain't swole but i'll be damned if he couldn't snag a man wife with the precision of a military sniper hell he was so good at it at one point he had two man wives at the same time then notwithstanding that there's that kook over in south carolina who bills himself as a doctor but we all know he's no damn doctor he's as much of a doctor as dr dre is a doctor in fact push come to shove i'd rather have the beats doc carve me open to save my life than that kook doc antle do you know what the best thing is there's a running commonality between doc antle and joe exotic do you know what that is do you know what the running commonality is it happens to be their unique ability to pull multiple sex partners and make them their wives and or husbands if i didn't know any better i would have thought america turned into the state of utah overnight who knew that this industry had so many opportunities to pull from doc Annell has like five wives five wives the dude in sister wives show is jealous of how many wives doc Antle has and rarely do you hear the terms brainwash or cult thrown around willy-nilly but in this documentary it's as common as the words tiger and king doc Annell and joe exotic are either the biggest studs on earth or they need to be arrested yesterday and i'm not saying that they're involved in sex trafficking but the tigers are laughing at the amount of humans being run through those places and don't even get me started on that bitch carol baskins I'm not even going to have it. I'm not going to talk about it. If you haven't wasted those seven 
precious hours of your life yet? Don't be Mr. or Mrs. Macho and say you're not going to watch it. Fuck that. Fire up Netflix. Get on board this crazy train. It's not like you have anything better to do anyway. Do this. Stay socially distant. And try not to fall in love with Joe Exotic, especially if you are a heterosexual male. It's almost impossible not to. Also, try not to fall in love with Doc Antle if you're a female of any sexual orientation. It's very difficult. He'll get you. His personality is magnetic. Who knew tiger cubs could be such a lure? Now I know. John, did you watch Tiger King? I did not see it. Are we saving that one for the retirement home as well? (laughs) I'm... I doubt it. I mean, it's like, but that rant, no doubt about it, that rant is the rant of 2020. There is no way that can be denied. Uh, Doug, did you watch Tiger King? No, hell no. Oh, hell no. Oh, all right. You're macho. Uh, no. Rusty, you watched it. I know it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I loved it. It was, abs- it was absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, great show. Uh, you know, CD underbellies, uh, we've talked about it on the show in a number of different areas, but I had no idea that there was a CD underbelly of of uh, exotic animals like that. I knew uh, Mike Tyson used to live about 35 minutes. Well, <laughs> he had a home and property of 35 minutes south and east of here, and he kept uh, lions and tigers out there, but it was like, uh, you know, 150 acres and, uh, you know, 50,000 square foot. I mean, it was a, you know, a, a whole situation out there and in the country. But, I mean, these guys have them stacked up one right after another. Very odd conditions, to say the least. Wouldn't you agree? I was it was kind of crazy, but I, I like the, <laughs> the rant's funny because I just I was thinking back on it, going, yeah, like screw those guys. That's pretty. That, it was interesting documentary though. You really should watch it, guys. It's really interesting, oh, even yeah. though it's all whatever. But it's a super fun documentary. Yeah, Doug, it's if you're gonna eat a, a freaking McRib tomorrow, you can go ahead and carve out two weeks of your life and watch uh, Tiger King, and then report back early. Oh, okay, in okay, I am, I am going to New Orleans next week. Perfect. What things I need to watch on Netflix? <laughs> Chef's Table. Yes. Chef's Table. Yeah. And what else? Tiger and? King. And Tiger King. Is that on Netflix? Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. You led All yourself right. down that All path, pal. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm, All right. I got a Come on now. I got a couple more left here before we get to the American Idol recap. Uh, one, oh. Meathead also tells us. He doesn't cover his pellet cooker's drip tray. There isn't a lot of grease buildup in every other cooker that I've ever I, had. I get a lot of carbon buildup. I mean, that drip hits that grease pan and it burns on. I have to get out a... But don't um, you foil your grease pan? No. Why no, not? What are you, a maniac? I don't foil it. I just think it might somehow or other interfere with the heating properties. Don't you like... I, you? Do you hate being clean and efficient? No, I should foil it, but I don't. And oh. and so I have to get out a steamer every now and then oh, and steam dear. it clean. Is it a bigger shock, Doug, that Meathead doesn't cover his grills or doesn't cover his drip pan? Um, Drip pan, because that should be obvious. Rusty? I don't cover my drip pan. <laughs> oh, my God. What? <laughs> We're having new, my hay blockers. We're having new best God. of moments on 2020. Literally, as the show is going down. Well, it's because <laughs> it's, it's Malcolm what? Reed's fault. It's what? Malcolm Reed's fault. He, he said not to. It's not that big of a deal. 
I so, listen to Malcolm Reed. He's like you let you know, you the like, guy Okay, well, hold on. I got to make sure I have a note of this because that's the first thing I'm going to be talking to Malcolm about when the new year turns and he comes back on the show. You like you, you have you seen it and you've just decided against it or you didn't you just because you saw Malcolm Reed not do it you decided he's the authority and I'm not going to do it. I did it for a long time and I didn't understand why and it was easy to keep clean but when I stopped doing it it was easy to clean too. I just take a scraper to it. Did it today. You know, pulled it out, took my scraper to it. It's fine. But it's isn't a, it? It wasn't hard to clean at all. It doesn't like bake on and like, isn't there like more hazard of, of not having any kind of protection or cover on it? Of like, uh, no, it's just, fire. I just or take anything? a putty knife and just take yeah. it off. It's super simple. Right. It's like actually the easiest thing I do. John? Uh, now that, now that I got the it's from Doug, it's easier to clean my grates. My grates were harder, but it's easier now. But then I just take that little thing and it's done. John, what do you do? Walk away. I have my drip pans have never seen grease on them in my pellet cookers. No grease or any drippings have ever touched a drip pan on any pellet cooker I've ever owned. Yeah. It is refoiled every single time I cook because I don't want to taste burnt, nasty crap. I want to taste what I'm cooking. You don't have any covered. You don't have any uh problems with aftertaste or afterburn or anything like that, Rusty? I haven't noticed it because I I do clean it every time. So it's no different than any other cooker I've cooked on. It just drips down too. Besides my my barrels, so that actually cook drips down onto the coals. Almost every other one I have drips down on a form of it. So it's it doesn't really matter to me. And to wrap it with tin foil and worry about it breaking and stuff takes about the same amount of time as when I'm going out to cover my grill, by the way. Cover my pillow grill. Yes. I just take a little thing to it. It's done. Mm. And it's as much time as it takes me to wrap it. Now I have to figure out if that's something I'm going to try. Am I going to try that? I'm definitely not going to try that. I almost was persuaded no. there for a second, but I'm definitely not going to. No. Well, it's great. It's, uh, I mean, you know, we continue to learn new things here on the show. I, I don't as understand the show how the burn on the foil and the burn on the pan is different. It did burn. They burn very equally. So, John, it's not the same. It's, it doesn't build up on the foil, and it's clean. It's going to keep building up. And you're talking about a barrel, right? You're not talking about a pellet cooker. No, pellet correct? cooker. We're talking about a pellet cooker. I'm talking cooker. about my Yoder. My specifically my Yoder and okay. my Green Mountain Grill. Bowl. It just builds up on there. It builds up on there. It builds up on there. It's going to it's going well, to clean it every time. It's, it's cleaned every cook. Very literally every cook. And you go like, uh, I, I you do the high heat burn off? Is that you just crank it up and let it run for 15 minutes or something to do that? No, I would take a putty knife and just take it off. Scrape it all off. It's gone. Easy all right. reason. I just pull. I just pull the foil off and throw it away. I don't have to. I'm done. I don't there you get go. My hands dirty. All right. Uh, finally, with the meathead clip, uh, January 14th, which uh, also spawned, uh, I think, uh, another clip or two in this particular instance. Meathead uh, pressures me into uh, trying to drink. Let's you and I come on together one night, and we'll talk about grilled and smoked cocktails. All right, let's work it's on a that. Lot of- uh, maybe uh, coming up in the springtime, we'll uh, set a an yeah. agenda for that, and that way, yeah. as springtime rolls out, we'll but be able don't to do. Drink anymore? I it's mean, fine. That, yeah. I love talking about it. It doesn't have to be that. I mean, I'm I'm it's still no fun. fun. Oh it's come so- on, peer pressure, get off me, Jesus Christ, Meathead, you're on a roll tonight. Yeah, he was on a roll that evening. A lot of a uh, lot of good clips of Meathead. Um, now uh, to finish it out here this evening we're almost done i apologize for those that are hanging with me that feel like we've overstayed our welcome but that's what happens when you run a podcast and a live show you do what the hell you want 
there's a two-hour limit until I want to press through it, and we're pressing right the fuck through it this evening. We had the American Idol Barbecue Central Show edition on the show this year. It was a debut. It was uh, two rave reviews. And if you are just joining the show and you're just hearing me talk about it now, I have some run back for you. The first run of this was uh, John and Doug and Jeff Rice and myself all taking part. And the first run, we all sang the same uh, like verse and chorus from mm-hmm. the uh, monster 70s supergroup Thin Lizzy Jailbreak. And if you, <laughs> you know, the thing that I really love about this particular one is that Doug went out on his own in production. I sent music beds to everybody and I said, hey, you know, uh, you know, do it dry and I'll drop you over the top. You know, I'll, I'll be your producer or whatever. But uh, just see if you can pick out where the differences lie in, in these four. Tonight there's going to be a jailbreak somewhere in this town. See me and the boys, we don't like it. So we're getting up and going down. Hiding low, looking like to left. If you see us coming, I think it's best to move away. Do you hear what I say from under my breath? Tonight is gonna be trouble. <laughs> Some of us won't survive. See the boys and me mean business. Busting out dead or alive. I can hear the hound dogs on my trail. Go to jail Tonight there's gonna be a jailbreak Somewhere in the town Break out! So what I earholed on that And I said to Doug I was like It's like you held your phone up To the microphone And were singing with the song He's like That's exactly what I did <laughs> Exactly Yeah so we can we can pick out the uh, music bed running through the microphone as you're so and you were like singing in concert with it right exactly and, and, yeah, yeah. but I still yeah. I still moved on and that was really you're right you did John was eliminated that round surprisingly uh, and then we moved to month two uh, month two was uh, we got to pick our songs and all the while by the way uh, as you had heard in one of the other sections for best clip uh, my uh, teenage daughters were giving us instant feedback and were pretty much merciless to all of us but especially me i mean they were really kicking my Real. ass up and down to uh to perhaps an unfair degree uh second month sounded like this she's watching him with those eyes and she's loving him with that body i just know it and he's holding her in his arms late late at night <laughs> You know I wish that I had Jesse's girl On a cold and gray Chicago morn A poor little baby child is born in the ghetto And the car runs around An angry young man face down in the street With a gun in his hand in the ghetto Kissing like a bandit stealing time Underneath the sycamore tree 
Wish me love, a wishing well, a kiss and tell, a wishing well of crocodile tears. The best part of Ricer's thing, which my daughters did point out immediately, was halfway through the song, he flipped into the Eric Cartman. So I had uh, both Jeff being the original singer, and then I and then uh, flipped him into the Cartman. Uh, when you listen back to that, Rusty, what do you what do you think of any of that? Because I know you were a big uh, Doug all, Jesse's Girls fan, right? Yeah, <laughs> huge. I think huge when I first heard like that Trent Darby song, I, that was one of my favorites back in the day, and yes. I kept telling my friends. Yeah. So I jammed that one secretly, but I, I think it was great. I think kind of John got kind of ripped off because the way he per, he per approached it wasn't bad. He just got cut and it was so weird for a second and it took you a minute to get on. I remember feeling he got kind of like jerked around on that one. I think he should have started with John and moved on. Cause John, I want to say for the record, you did a good job. I, I feel like you did a little bit better than most. You just need to get your rhythm. They didn't give you that chance. I'm sorry for that. That's what happens but, in game shows, everybody. You got to come to play. But that Doug, that Doug, friggin' Jesse's girl, though, that's classic. That's my favorite moment. Uh, the barbecue central show. And she's living in with that body. I just know it. And he's All right, enough of that. Uh, then we moved into really- the finals. So uh, Doug was eliminated uh, after that, if you can believe it. And so then it was me and Jeff Rice. And before we got to the, and so the difference here was at the finals, we did a produced song. So Jeff and I sang a duet together. And then we did a live performance of our last songs. It wasn't produced. We actually, I don't even, I can't believe we actually got it to match up that good uh, from a production standpoint. He has some decent gear at his setup anyway, so he was able to pull it off, but. Uh, this is what the uh, the duet sounded like, if <laughs> if you could remember. Well, I walk into the room, passing out hundred dollar bills, and it kills and it thrills like the horns on my Silverado brim. Cause I saddle up my horse and I ride into the city. I make a lot of noise, cause the girls they are so pretty. Riding up and down Broadway, on my old study Roy, and the girls say. Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Everybody says, Save a horse, ride a cowboy. Right. I snuck in the eat a horse, ride a cowboy right at the end. So that was the duet that was produced. Then, notwithstanding that, we went to live versions to see who would take it all. I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher. And it burns, burns, burns. The ring of fire, the ring of fire. Forever was the promise in a heart. But more and more I wonder where you are. Uh, so uh, it was Ring of Fire for Jeff. And, I, you know, the girls were talking all through the contest. The girls were talking about, like, uh, you're not uh, stretching your limits. And, you know, we want to be wowed and all of this. Get outside the box, whatever the cliche bullshit contest stuff is. And, I mean, there couldn't have been a safer song 
for Jeff to talk. He didn't even sing that song. He talked that song. And I said, you know what? I'm throwing caution to the wind here at the very end. I'm going to go R&B. I'm going to go something that I know I can't sing, especially into the high notes, and really try and wow them. Maybe I can get some rasp going to, to hide some imperfections. And it was a travesty. Uh, the girls didn't know the song, blah, blah, blah. Rusty, as you listen back to that, uh, what were your thoughts of the finals and how did you have it voted? I remember it clearly. I remember Jeff getting off easy on that one. That was terrible. And he actually did a good job with that. I mean, <clears throat> if you take, you know, the kind of what's that guy from uh, coming to America out of it a little bit, uh, it's actually isn't bad, you know, it wasn't. So I think that I think it was a ripoff. I, I really do. And and by the way, lest anyone think, Jeff boat raced me in the finals. Like it was not even close. I think he garnered into the hundreds of votes for him, and I didn't even see twenty. I mean, he, it was a straight up boat race, and from the minute the show ended, it was a run, a sprint. To victory, he outdisted. He had lapped me five times. I was like, you know, and and every day, and this was going on for a week before we ended up announcing the winner. And like every day, you know, fifteen new votes were coming in, and then the next day, all ricer, 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 and I was like, what the fuck is going on here? So I have to give him credit. I mean, he completely whooped my ass in the voting. Uh, we'll uh, go ahead and end it here with uh, final thoughts from John and Doug. John, as you look back on this event uh what did you think uh first of all i think you got robbed in the finals even though the numbers don't say it but it comes down to song selection uh your production was the best i remember you had to be upright you couldn't do this song singing yep. live you got on your freaking knees so you yep. could have your head on a camera i mean you brought it and uh jeff did a good job too but that was way too much karaoke it was just song selection yeah i, I think you got robbed still to this day doug it was yours to lose, and you did when you got on your knees <laughs> and you sang it. <laughs> That's right. Good for you, Doug. Way to blow me out with both barrels. I love it. Oh, my God. You listened too much to your daughters, oh. damn it. I mean, you were going to win, and holy crap. Wow. Yes. Anyway. But, I mean, if isn't that what you're supposed to do? Like, you listen to the judges, so then... You get outside the box, like you know. If you're at a barbecue contest, they were a contest, little close to you. I, they I, were a little close to you. You think that they were giving me bad info? You know what I'm saying? They were totally harsh to you during the whole time, mm. like Rusty said. Yes, All right. absolutely. Well, uh, that was your 2020 year in review uh, and ending with the American Idol Barbecue Central Show Edition contest. As we look through all of these clips, as I'm sure you've been taking diligent notes, we have to figure out a winner here. So we will, let me get that. Well, we're going to replay the winner. Let me stay here. We'll go to Michigan correspondent first, John Solberg. Do you have a winner? I I do have a winner, All right. and it's a total departure from the where we started this show. Yes. I'm going with the Rodney. I'm going with Rodney Scott. I'm going with your Rodney Scott. A hundred percent. Rodney Scott, John. Now, 
We go to longest running embedded correspondent from Texas, Doug Scheiding. Do you have a winner? The winner and not mentioned are the origin stories. The yep. origin stories, you can't mention that we we can't play clips of a two-hour show. Each show was amazing. <laughs> and so that is the winner. John's out. But if we're going, <laughs> thank you for dropping the headphones, John. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I'll go with the pineapple, which was pineapple. John's. But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, the origin stories were the best. The American Idol, second. And then if we're going to do one-minute clips or two-minute clips, pineapple. All right. Pineapple uh, is... And and by the way, we will go into more depth next week with you know the, the chronological week. order of the show and, and all that other stuff. Uh, then we finish out with Rusty Monson from the great city of Utah. You know, I changed my vote. I, oh. I'm going to have to go ahead and, and go with John on this one. I'm going to have to say Rodney Scott because I remember when I listened to it, it took me out of out of it all. You know, that whole interview with him was just like. You forgot what I was listening to. It was just a different, really cool, you know, it, I'll, I'll shout out to you, man. October was freaking great. Thank you. And uh, every episode was balling. But that one was just different. That one hit a little harder. It was much, it was a really cool interview. That one, I think, you know, there's funnier one. There's funny ones, but that one was more like, damn. All right. Yeah, and so I'm going to go ahead and make this almost a unanimous decision. And uh, again, I had referenced that there were, uh, you know, two or three different portions of that interview that uh, struck me personally uh, for, you know, different reasons and things that I have going on in my life. And then, uh, you know, to, to land him finally, I mean, it has been years of chasing through different PR companies and like the legwork to get him on. And then to have him show up the way he did, to be as open and engaging as he was, and then to uh, really dive into some of that personal stuff uh, and and the level of candor that he shared uh, made it the the best segment for me. I'm certainly I want to say that the Lion King wa- wa- or the the Tiger King was the best, or that that Sam's was, but uh, from a a holistic view, uh, Rodney Scott certainly takes it for me. And uh, so that is your 2020 clip of the year. Believe it or not, I'm surprised we uh, came to consensus. That was a uh, a nice surprise. So uh, now, again, next week, if you're still hanging with the show, we will do a uh, a look back at 2020 or a, a best of, if you will, or chronological. So uh, we'll be uh, putting together an agenda. I would invite any live listener that if you have a particular portion of the show or guests that you liked this past year that you want to just come on and talk about or you know give your take on or you want to write an email you can do that the, the call in number is the 216-220-0966 and you can also email the show through the course of the week and we can mix those in next week greg at the bbq central show.com uh guys it's a long one we uh, pulled an extra hour pretty much here uh getting through the best clips of 2020 but i certainly appreciate it and everybody that's watching live uh, appreciate you hanging with me through uh, the uh, whole item here. So, guys, rest, make agendas, and we'll all meet back here after Christmas next Tuesday as we lead into the new year. Uh, guys, really appreciate it, and uh, have a have a happy, happy, merry, merry Christmas to you, Rusty, to you, Douglas, to you, John, 
and we will see you next Tuesday. Well wishes to everybody over there, by the way. There they are, the embedded correspondents. And I can't wait to recap the year next year, or next week. I, I, I also can't wait to recap the year next year, too. But that will be a year from now. Rodney Scott wins the best clip of the year as we were getting through all of those. We are recording as always, so this little second hour will be up on Thursday. Want to thank Sterling Ball for the first hour. BigPopSmokers.com is website. Also want to thank Derek Riches and his normal fourth Tuesday of the month spot at 9.35. And then a huge thanks to the Embedded Correspondents as we got through a marathon show bringing you the best clips, in our opinion, of 2020. And Rodney Scott walks away with the winner of the best clip of the year. Big show looking back on 2020 from a chronological standpoint coming up next Tuesday. So stay tuned for that. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.